truly it is a miraculous work that we are attempting to do. And Father, I do ask that you would help me to be able to preach and teach and say the things that you would have me to say. And that uh, tonight, Lord, everyone that's here, that we might leave knowing that we've heard from your word. That this might be a time of growth and of encouragement, Lord. And I pray that uh, we wouldn't waste our time. Father, I pray that your spirit would just move in at this moment and help us as we study your word. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, well we're there in Joshua chapter number 6 and we've been studying through the book of Joshua on Sunday nights and you know we, we talk about the fact that the, the book of Joshua is the children of Israel coming into the promised land to uh, conquer the land. But really the, the, the first five chapters of the book of Joshua have been the preparation for the conquest of the land. And if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that the children of Israel were circumcised and God rolled away the reproach of Israel. And not just that, but there was that exciting part there at the end where Joshua met with a uh, pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ and, and uh, an appearance of the Son of God in the Old Testament when he met with the captain of the Lord of hosts. But now here in Joshua chapter 6, we find uh, their first, they, they're now ready to begin and the children of Israel are finally ready to begin the conquest of the promised land and their first battle is with the city called Jericho. Now the story of Jericho and Joshua and the walls of Jericho is probably one of the most famous stories found in scripture. And you know something I found as I pastored uh, Verity Baptist Church here for two, two and a half years is as we study the Bible and preach the Bible, I found that the most well-known stories in Scripture are usually the hardest stories to preach about. I don't know why, but it's just the stories that everybody knows. The, the, the Red Sea parting, the walls of Jericho. Those are sometimes, you know, uh, I, I can preach all day about, you know, the tabernacle and all those things that no one's ever heard about. But when it comes to these stories, I, I don't want to try to give you any truth that you don't know tonight. Because you probably, we've probably all heard the stories of the walls of Jericho. But there's a few things a few lessons we could learn about this story as we study it tonight. So I want to give you three things that you can uh, gather, you can glean about the story of the walls of Jericho. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to understand that what we can learn from this passage is that faith is required when you follow the will of God. Faith is required when you follow the will of God. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, and we're going to go there in a minute, but the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is the biblical definition of the word faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And when you decide you're going to follow Christ, and you're going to follow God, and you're going to follow His will for your life, you're going to have to realize that what Walking in the steps of the Savior is going to require that you walk by faith and not by sight. Are you there in Joshua chapter 6? Look at verse 1. The Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse 2. And the Lord... You see the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's Jehovah God. That is God, Almighty God. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Joshua. So, we're going to begin to read the things that the Lord said to Joshua. Notice what the Lord said to Joshua. See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. So he says, I, I've, I've given you the city. I've given you the king, and I've given you the mighty men of valor, referring to the warriors of Jericho. Verse 3, And ye shall compass the city, 
all ye men of war, the word compass there is referring to uh, circling the city, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. We talked about that word this morning, about, uh, referring to uh, going around something or circling, about face. You know, we talked about that for you military uh, uh, guys. And he says, and ye shall compass the city, and ye men of war, and go round about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. So, the Lord is explaining to uh, Joshua exactly what he wants done. He says, I want you to go, I want you to compass the city, I want you to go around the city, uh, 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 you know, once around the city for six days. Look at verse 4. And he, he tells him, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. So notice, he said the first six days you're going to go around the city once a day for six days. A total of six times around the city. And on the seventh day, you're going to go around the city seven times. Look at the last part of verse 4. And the priest shall blow with the trumpet. So after you've gone around the city seven times on the seventh day, the priest shall blow the trumpet. Look at verse 5. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. Now you got to understand, that none of that has happened yet. This is just the Lord telling Joshua, this is what's going to happen. And you can see there that he goes step by step, but he tells Joshua exactly what's going to happen. He says, I've given you the city, I've given you the king, I've given you the men of valor. He said, you're going to take uh, seven priests, seven trumpets, you're going to take your men of war, you're going to go around the city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, you're going to go around the city seven times. Once you've done that, the, the priests are going to sound the trumpet, the people are going to shout with a shout, and he says, the walls will fall flat down, and you're going to go in, and you're going to possess the city. Joshua knew, at the beginning of the campaign, exactly what was going to take place. God told Joshua the entire plan. But here's what's interesting. Joshua begins, now we see, so that was the Lord telling Joshua what was going to happen. Look at verse 6. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said unto them. So now we're going to see what Joshua tells the priest. Notice what he tells the priest. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. So what did Joshua tell the priest? He only told the priest what pertained to the priest. Did you notice that? Take up the Ark of the Covenant. That's a job that the priest had to do. And let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Look at verse 7. And he said unto the people. So now we see Joshua talking to the people. Notice what he tells the people. Pass on and compass the city. And let him that is armed pass on before the Ark of the Lord. Verse 8 begins by saying this. And it came to pass. So in verse 8 we're going to begin to read what actually happened. It came to pass. Here's what I want you to understand. God told Joshua exactly what was going to happen. He said, the priests are going to take seven trumpets, you're going to take the ark, you're going to go around the city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, you go around seven times, the trumpet will sound, the people will shout, the walls will come tumbling down. Joshua knew all of that. But Joshua did not tell the people everything. Joshua only told the people what they needed to do. He told the priest, here's what you got to do, grab seven trumpets. I need you to grab seven trumpets, I need you to grab the ark, and I need you to follow me. And he told the people, I need you to follow the ark. And I need you to go before the ark, the men of valor. And he said, follow me. Notice, he didn't tell them all the details. He didn't tell them all the plan. 
And what you need to understand in your Christian life, if you are going to have victories in your Christian life, if you're going to have battles won for your spirit and for the kingdom of God, if you're going to do something, you need to understand that the children of Israel were expected to follow Joshua and the ark and God without having every little detail as to how things were going to play out. So often in our Christian lives, we refuse to do things for God. And God has things He wants us to do. God has plans He wants us to accomplish. God has uh, uh, battles He wants us to win. But you and I refuse to go because, well, God, what exactly is going to happen here? If I go soul winning, how exactly is that going to work out? See, sometimes God, and sometimes the leadership there, Joshua, says you don't need all those details. You just need to do what you're told. And we need to realize that when it comes to our spiritual life, hey, if God tells us to do something, we just need to realize that God is powerful, God is mighty, God knows what He's doing, He's sovereign, and I may not have all the details, but I need to understand that God knows what He's doing. And it is our job to follow. It is our job to obey. It is our job to be obedient. If you're going to follow the will of God, you're going to learn to do it by faith. The Bible says, but without faith, it is, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You cannot please God without faith. You cannot work with God without faith. You must exercise faith in your life. You say, I want to have victories in my life. And why do I want to be able to look back and say, you know, I fought this battle, and I won this battle, and I was able to accomplish this and do this for the glory of God. Let me, let me explain something to you. Sometimes when you step out by faith, you don't have all the details. Sometimes you decide, I'm going to start a church in Sacramento, California, and you don't know who's going to show up. Sometimes you step out and you say, I'm going to raise my children godly and right, and I'm going to do what the Bible says. And you don't know how it's going to turn out, but you just got to realize that God is in control. If you're going to step out and follow the will of God, you're going to have to do it by faith. Keep your finger there in Joshua chapter 6. Go to the book of Proverbs real quickly. Proverbs towards the center of your uh, Old Testament there. Proverbs chapter number 3. Proverbs chapter number 3. See, so many of us want every detail from God. And so many of us, we say, well, well, we'll do it, but as long as you tell me exactly. God, if I start tithing 10% of my income, how exactly is this going to work out? <laughs> Maybe God just wants you to do something by faith. If I start raising my children the way the Bible says, if I start, you know, acting, uh, you know, wise, well, if I start submitting to my husband the way the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, how is that going to work out? Maybe God just wants you to step out by faith and see what happens. Men say, well, if I take that leadership role that God expects me to do to be that spiritual leader of my home and, and lead my children and lead my wife and, and, and be that, that, that spiritual leader where I teach them the Word of God and I teach them to love God and I, and I help them pray. And I, if I do that, you know, is my wife going to follow? It doesn't matter. You just step out and do it. You just step out and do what God said to do. You don't need all the details. You don't need to know the end. Joshua didn't sit there and explain to the priest, now listen, we're going to do this. He didn't give them all those details. He said, just do what God said to do. And he said, it'll work out fine. Are you there in Proverbs chapter 3? Look at verse 5. Proverbs chapter number 3 and verse 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and notice what will happen. He shall direct thy path. Just trust God. He'll take care of it. Do you think that God, would, would you agree, hopefully if you're in church on a Sunday night, you would agree that God's smarter than you are? That God maybe knows a little more than we know? 
That God can see things that we can't see. And he understands, God knew that the walls were coming down. The people didn't have to worry about that. In fact, the people didn't even know the walls were coming down. They just knew that God told the man of God, Joshua, that they were to go around the wall. Go, go to Psalms real quickly, right? If you're in Proverbs, right before the book of Proverbs, you got the book of Psalms. Psalm 37. Look at verse number 23. Psalm 37 and uh, verse number 23. Psalm 37, verse 23. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. Now, it's easy for us to read that. It's easy for us, when things are going right, when the bills are getting paid, and the checks are coming in, and, and everything's happy, it's easy for you and I to say, the steps of a good man are ordained by the Lord. But notice verse 24. Would you agree with me that verse 24 is in the context of verse 23? I mean, it's the very next verse. Look at verse 24 says. Though he fall. Though who fall? The good man. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, right? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. See, if you and I believe that the steps of a good man, or we could say the steps of a good woman, are ordered or ordained or prescribed by the Lord. If God has a plan for you and God knows the way you're going and God knows how you're going to get there and God already has a plan, would you trust Him with that even if you fall? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God leads you into trials. Sometimes God leads you into storms. I'm often reminded of the the Lord Jesus Christ, when He was baptized at the age of 30. The Bible says that the, that, that the heavens were open and, and God the Father verbally spoke there and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. And the Bible says He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you study the context there, the very next chapter, it says He was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. You say, well, He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's beginning his ministry. He's doing the will of God. He, he, his steps are ordered by the Lord. And they led him straight to the wilderness to be tempted. And sometimes you and I are going to be ordained or ordered by God to do something. And it may seem like, God, um, you know, I'm not very smart. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't go to West Point. But I don't think the right way to conquer a city is to walk around its wall. <laughs> Shouldn't we be like, you know, sending in missiles? <laughs> Shouldn't we be like trying to hurt them? That's what these, wouldn't you, I mean, wouldn't you think that? If you were the children of Israel, I know, I know all of you are real spiritual, you would never doubt the man of God. <laughs> but in my flesh, if Joshua said, hey listen guys, we're getting ready, we're going we're gonna to conquer Jericho. Uh, amen, alright. What are we going to do? Do uh, you want us to get our swords? No, just grab a trumpet. <laughs> uh, trumpet? Yeah, we're just going to walk around the city. I don't, I don't think that's going to work. That's what you and I would be thinking. Go, go back to Joshua chapter 6. It's interesting what Joshua says to the people. Look at, look, at verse, look at verse 8. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bring the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the land, and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest that blew the trumpet, and the real word came after the ark, the priest going on, and blowing with the trumpets. 
And Joshua had commanded the people. Look at verse 10. I want you to see this. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall you shout. Now notice, that's even more proof that they did not know how long they were going to do this for. Because he said, I want you to keep your mouth closed until the day. He didn't didn't say until the seventh day, and then that's when we're going to take the land. He didn't say that. He said, you do this, and we're going to do this every day, and the day that it changes, I'll let you know. And he says, until then, I don't want to hear a word. I always thought that was interesting. He said, we're going to do this quietly. Notice he says, uh, he, he says, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day. I used to always read this and wonder myself, why is it that Joshua tells him to not say anything? You know, what, what is the spiritual application here? And there may be a spiritual application, I don't know. But I, I think he just didn't want to hear any whining. <laughs> Joshua probably didn't want to hear any complaining. Because the first day when Joshua says, Hey, listen, God told me we're going to walk around the city. Okay, Joshua, let's do it. Alright, here we go. And they walk around the city. And they, they, they get around and they say, Now what? Let's go home. And they go home. Then the next day they get up early in the morning. What do we do today, Joshua? Walk around the city. Okay. Listen, by the third and fourth day, people probably started wondering, Has Joshua gone crazy? <laughs> A lot of people probably start saying, You know, maybe we need another leader. I don't think this is working. But see, Joshua said, I don't want to hear your whining. I don't want to hear your complaining. He said, I want you to keep your mouth closed and let's just do what God said. What can we learn from that? Don't complain. When God says to do something, just do it. The, the proper response to God is always, yes sir. And then we close our mouth and we do what God has asked us to do. Even Jesus had to say, not my will, but thine be done. We need to understand that sometimes we don't get all the details. And sometimes we don't get to complain about it either. God just expects obedience. Obedience is the key to God's blessing. See, they followed the ark. The ark is a representation of God's word. It's a representation of God's presence. Number two, I'd like you to see that not only did they require faith to follow God, they also required faith to overcome barriers. Look at verse 1 again. Now Jericho was straightly shut up. Now it was shut up, it was closed because there's a wall. And it says, because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. Jericho was God's will for the children of Israel. God had told the children of Israel, my will is that you take Jericho. And the only problem was that there was a wall around the city. And you know, often in our lives, we feel like God has called us to do something. We feel like God has given you a mission. God has given you something to do. I don't know what it is. For me, it's to pastor Verity Baptist Church. For you, it may be to raise your children. For you, it may be... I know for you, it is to be a soul winner. You know, God has given you something to do. God has a mission for your life. He has something He wants you to do. And in that, oftentimes though, God will point at a city and say, You see that city there? Jericho, I want you to take that city. And as soon as Joshua looked over, he said, Well, there's a wall there, God. See, oftentimes we want God's will, but we don't want any problems. We want God's will, but we don't want it to be hard. God, what about that city over there? They don't have any walls. That'll be easy to walk right in and take over. No, I want you to take the city over with the wall. 
See, in our Christian lives, we need to understand that there's often barriers. There's often things that are trying to stop us. God's will was for them to take Jericho. The only problem was there was a wall. And you know, in our lives, there's many walls. It may be a physical wall. There may be something physically that's trying to stop you. But a lot of times we get resistance. Let me, let me give you a few examples. Go to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is one of those minor prophets towards the end of your Old Testament there. Zechariah. Uh, the last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. Right before the book of Malachi, you got the book of Zechariah. So it should be fairly easy to find. last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. And then you've got the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter number 3. Look at verse number 1. And Zechariah chapter number 3 and verse 1. Zechariah chapter number 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, and he showed me Joshua. Now, understand, the Joshua in the book of Zechariah is a different Joshua than the Joshua of the book of Joshua, okay? This was a priest. This was a high priest. They just happened to have the, name, the same name. Notice what it says. And he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Notice. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Do you see that? Let me tell you something. You, you decide you're going to do something for God. You decide you're going to accomplish something for God. I don't know what it is. You decide. Maybe you decide, you know what? I'm going to be a soul winner. I'm going to go out and I'm going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to invite people to church. And I'm going to get people saved. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to memorize the verses. And I'm going, to, and I'm, going to, I'm going to do it. Let me tell you something. As soon as you decide to do something, the devil, a wall, something's going to show up and try to resist you and stop you. Yeah. You said, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to start a business. There's going to be a wall. We live in a society that the word work is a four-letter word. And, and I, I understand it is a four-letter word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we live in a society where work is a bad concept. Where if it's not easy, it's not worth doing. We live in a society, if there's a wall, if there's a barrier, if someone's going to try to stop us, if someone's going to try to, then I don't want to do it. Let, let, let me just break it down to you. Marriages that last decades... It's not because they just both happen to have the right temperaments. Every marriage has a barrier. Every marriage has a wall. Every marriage has issues. Raising kids is not easy all the time. Having a good marriage is not easy all the time. Serving God is not easy all the time. Providing for your family is not easy all the time. Sometimes there's walls, and sometimes there's barriers, and sometimes Satan shows up, and he just resists you a little bit. Remember, Jesus Christ was on the way to the cross. And Satan showed up. Or at least Peter, with Satan whispering in his ear. And what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, you decide you're going to do something for God. There, just, just write it down. There will be a wall. There will be a resistance. There will be somebody there to try to stop you. Somebody there to try to make you not go on. There's always a barrier. That barrier may be a physical wall. That barrier may be Satan. We saw there. Satan standing at his right side. And the purpose of Satan standing there was to resist him. Go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Can we kick on that air conditioner, brother, for just for a minute? 2 uh, Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 there in your New Testament. You find those T-books. All the T-books in the New Testament are, are, are together. First and Second Thessalonians, first and against Second Timothy, and then Titus. Find Second Timothy chapter number 3. Second Timothy chapter number 3. Look at verse number 8. Second Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 8. Remember when God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt? 
And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.8, it says, Now as uh, Jannes and Jambres withstood. You know what that means? They were a wall. They were a barrier. They withstood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind, reprobates concerning the faith. Sometimes Satan will resist you, but sometimes the world will just resist you. Sometimes the world is not going to encourage you in your Christian walk. Sometimes the world is not going to come up beside you and say, Man, you do that for God. Sometimes the world is just going to flat out be a barrier to you accomplishing whatever it is that God has called you to do. Moses had it. He showed up to Egypt and there was two men waiting for him. to which They withstood Moses. Jannies and Jambres. And in the same way, the world... Hey, let me tell you something. You're, I don't have to talk about it. We've preached a lot about it recently. I don't know why God keeps bringing it up in the passages we're in. But your flesh is going to resist you. You decide you're going to do something for God, your flesh is going to be right there to say, No, we're not. <laughs> we're, we're going to church tomorrow. No, we're not. You're, that's what your flesh says. I'm going, to, I'm going to spend an hour in prayer. No, you're not. You're going to spend an hour in front of the television. That's what your flesh says. Your flesh will constantly resist, will constantly put a wall up, will constantly provide a barrier. And every time, if it's worth doing, it's going to be hard. But faith in God can overcome it. Are you there, you're there in 2 Timothy? Go to Hebrews real quickly. Hebrews is, you've got 2 Timothy, then you've got the book of Titus, then you've got Philemon, and right after Philemon you've got the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 11. And maybe put your bullets in there or something, because we're going to come back to Hebrews as well. If you've got a ribbon, you can put it there. Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews is that great faith chapter. Quoted a few verses from there earlier in the sermon. Hebrews chapter number 11. Look at verse number 30. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 30. The Bible says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. How did the walls of Jericho fall down? By faith. How did the walls of Jericho fall down? By faith. Not by Joshua's military insight. Not by the strength of the children of Israel. Simply by exercising faith in God, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. See, what you and I need to understand, that with men, things may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. See, what we must comprehend is that God is sovereign. God is all power. In fact, let's just look at some of those verses. Uh, keep your finger there in Hebrews 11. We're going to come back to it. Go to Luke chapter number 1. Luke uh, chapter number 1. Uh, you've got the four Gospels there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then you've got the book of John. So Luke is the third Gospel in the New Testament. Luke chapter number 1. Look at verse number 37. These are some of the probably the most exciting verses in Scripture. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 37. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 37. The Bible says in Luke 1.37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. I love that. With you and I, things are impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Go to Matthew chapter number 19. Matthew, first, first book in the Gospels there. Matthew chapter number 19. Look at verse number 26. Matthew chapter number 19 and verse number 26. Matthew 19, 26. The Bible says, in Matthew 19, 26, the Bible says, but, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. Go to Genesis 18. Genesis, first book in the, in the Bible. 
First book in the Bible, Genesis 18, look at verse number 14. Genesis 18, verse number 14. The Bible says in Genesis 18, 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Here, the, the context is when God is telling Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have a child, and Abraham and Sarah are already elderly. And, 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 they, and they mock at God in their hearts and say, well, well, we can't have children. Sarah says, I can't have children. And God responds with this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now look, it's easy to read those verses. And it's easy to know that those verses are in the Bible. But here's the question I have for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can do the impossible in your life? Do you believe that God can give you the victory in your life? Some, some of us struggle with walls in our lives. And you've got things you're trying to overcome. Look, uh, you know, some, sometimes people are, 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 are in the sin of, of drunkenness, and alcoholism, or drugs, or smoking, or all sorts of things like that. And they, and they just look at these walls and these barriers and they see, I, God has somewhere He wants me to be, and God has something He wants me to do, but I've got this wall stopping me from being able to serve God. And they look at those walls, and they see those walls, and they say, I, I'll never get past that wall. But you know what? With God, all things are possible. And any barrier in your life, and any wall in your life, you need to understand about the walls of Jericho. This isn't in the Bible, but historians tell us that the walls of the cities in these days, they weren't walls like what you think, you know, they weren't walls like the wall we had up here. You know, that, that was, it didn't take much to bring that wall down. Just ask Brother Vincent. <laughs> the walls of these cities, they were large walls. We're told by historians that these walls were, were, were so thick, they were thick enough to where two chariots of horsemen could actually ride on the top of the walls. They used the wall for the army to be able to get back and forth to different sections of the wall. And, and two chariots could, could go around the wall. These were thick, strong walls. And they saw that wall. And they said, that wall is in the way of us doing what God has called us to do. But they said, it doesn't matter. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God can do anything. Do you believe that? Faith is required to overcome barriers. Number three. Go back to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter number 6. Third thing I'd like you to see from this story, Joshua chapter number 6. Is that faith is required to know that God will see you through. Faith is required to know that God will see you through. Joshua chapter number 6, look at verse number 22. Joshua chapter number 6 and verse number 22. Look what the Bible says. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the land. And by the way, way, let's not not miss it. Look look at verse number uh, 20. This This is the story, what happened. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. They did exactly what God had called them to do. But you know, we can learn one more lesson from the story. And that is that faith is required to know that God will see you through. God will protect you. We preached on the subject of soul winning this morning. I had somebody come up to me after the service and they said, Isn't it dangerous to go out on, uh, knocking on doors and uh, talking to strangers? And, and, and you know, you're going to get shot. <laughs> I said, you know, safety is of the Lord. God will protect us. And you know, I, you know I, I can't say that I know what's going to happen. I just know that God tells me to do something. I don't ask any questions. I close my mouth and I do it. 
And what happens? Well, God is sovereign. But you know, these walls came down, and it's interesting because we dealt with the subject of Rahab the harlot. Do you remember Rahab the harlot back in Joshua chapter 3? The spies went into the land to spy out the land, and Rahab, who was a harlot, who was a prostitute, hid the spies, and because she hid them, she made a deal with them, and they said, we're not going to destroy you because you did this as long as you don't tell anybody that we were here. Now, it's interesting because Rahab the harlot comes back up in Joshua chapter 6, when they have taken the city, and they have taken the land... In verse number uh, uh, 22, look what it says. But Joshua has said unto the two men that had spied out the country, the two men, the two spies that went into the country initially, he says to them, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. So he's a man of integrity. He's keeping his word. He says, Go get Rahab. We told her we weren't going to kill her. Go get her so she'll be saved. Verse 23. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp and they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein. So they saved Rahab. Now here's, here's what I, you need to understand about this. It's interesting. Go back to Joshua chapter 3 real quickly. Joshua chapter number 3. Here's what's interesting about Rahab the harlot. The children of Israel walk around the wall. On the seventh day they walk around seven times. The walls come down and they go in and possess the land. And Joshua tells the two spies, go find Rahab, go to her house, and get her out and make sure she's safe, because we made a promise to her. But here's what's interesting. Are you there in Joshua chapter... Uh, where did I tell you to go? Joshua, I told you to go to Joshua chapter 3, right? I meant Joshua 2. Forgive me for that. Joshua chapter 2. Look at verse 15. This is what's interesting about Rahab the harlot. Well, look, look, look at verse 13. Uh, look at verse 12. <laughs> now therefore, I pray you... This was... Swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. So this is Rahab talking to the spies. She's saying, look, I was nice to you, now you be nice to me. When you take over the land, don't kill my family. <laughs> look at verse 13. And that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the man answered her, our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business. And it shall be, when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Now notice verse 15. Then she let them down by a cord through the window. So she let them down by a cord through the window. How was she able to do that? Look what it says. For her house was upon the town wall. And she dwelt upon the wall. Isn't that interesting? Rahab lives on the wall. Her house is on the wall, and she let them down through the window out the city, and Joshua shows up, and God says, we're going to destroy that wall. But Rahab is on the wall. And they promised Rahab that they were going to save her, and they did. You say, what happened? Here's what happened. The children of Israel walked around the city once for six days. On the seventh day, they walked around the city seven times. The trumpet sounded, the people shouted, the walls came tumbling down, except for one little sliver where, John, where Rahab the harlot was living. So what can we learn from that? Safety is of the Lord. People say, the walls in my life are crumbling around me. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like your life's just spinning out of control? Let me tell you something. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. 
Rahab could have looked around and see the chaos and see the destruction. And she just knew that God was with her. God was going to protect her. Let me tell you something. If God wants to bring a wall down, God can bring the wall down. And if God wants to bring a wall up, He can keep a wall up. God can do what He wants. It doesn't matter. Safety is of the Lord. Rahab was safe in the wall while it was crumbling. Only God can do that. That's Brother Ron. (laughs) Some of you get that joke. Brother Ron is like our, our Rahab. <laughs> he had a wall fall on him. <laughs> Talk to Brother Vincent about that later. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just here to tell you. If your life is spinning out of control, just trust God. It, it all comes down to this one word, faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Can God, can God give me victory in an impossible area? Faith will allow you to do that. Can God protect me when it looks like everything's going wrong? Faith will allow you to do that. God can be against the wall and protect the wall at the same time. Only God can do that. Isn't that interesting? It's faith. Now let me just give you some uh, a few practical things real quickly. Keep your finger in Joshua chapter 2, okay? Go, go back to Hebrews. Remember I told you to stay in Hebrews? We're almost done. We're going to look at a couple things, uh, uh, more, more theological type things, and, and we'll be done. Hebrews chapter number 11. Are you there? Remember we kept talking about this word faith? Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse number 31. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31. Well, look at verse 30. By faith, we read this one. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the walls fell down. Verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not. She was in the wall. Both happened by faith. Isn't that interesting? By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So, Rahab was saved by what? Faith. Alright? You're there in Hebrews, and I showed you this already, but I just want to show it to you again, because I want to make sure you understand this. Go, right after the book of Hebrews, you got the book of James. Go to James chapter number 2. Now, James chapter number 2 is a passage that is often uh, misused in Scripture. And many people who believe in work salvation will... We'll go to James chapter 2 to try to prove that you need works in order to be saved. That is not by, that salvation is not by faith only. Now look, there are tons of scriptures that say salvation is by grace, through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It says not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by His mercy He saved us. The Bible says that uh, for him that, uh, that worketh not, but believeth on Him, that, that justified the ungodly, His faith is counted for righteousness. All over the Bible, time and time again, we're told that we cannot fulfill the law, we cannot be saved by our works. We cannot do anything to save us. It's all by faith through in Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear about that. But James chapter 2, people will come here and say, Well, no, you've got to add works to salvation. And sometimes they'll refer to Rahab in regards to that. Look at verse 25. Notice what it says. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? And they'll say, See, look at that. Rahab the harlot, she was justified by works when she received the messengers. Now we just read in Hebrews that she was saved by what? Faith. Okay? Now it says, I want you to notice it. Look at verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works. Notice this word. When. When was she justified by works? When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. When she received the messengers and she sent them out, she was justified by works. When did that happen though? Go, go back to, to Joshua chapter 2. Real quickly. I know we saw this already, but I want you to see it again. Joshua chapter 2. In verse 
15, we find what happened, what's being referred to in James chapter 2. Look at verse 15. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. So in verse 15, she was justified by works. Are you following what I'm saying? But look at this. Look at verse uh, 8. She had, the, the spies are hiding up in her roof. And in verse 8, the Bible says, And before they were laid down, before they went to sleep, she came up unto, the, uh, upon, uh, unto them upon the roof, because the, the, the soldiers came looking for the spies, and she said, I don't know where they went, I don't know where. she protected them. They're, they're hiding in the roof. She sends them away. She goes up to the roof, look at verse 9, and she said unto the men, look what she says, I know. Okay, this is something she already knows. I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you. When were the waters of the Red Sea dried up for them? Forty years earlier. She didn't say Jordan River. Remember, they crossed the Jordan with Joshua. They crossed the Red Sea with Moses. They've already spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. You understand what I'm saying? Look what it says. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when she came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan. Again, events that happened under the leadership of Moses, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did uh, remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord, notice what she says, For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Listen, Rahab already believed that the Lord, their God, He is God. When the spies showed up, guess what? Rahab already believed. She was already saved. So people say, well, she was justified by works in chapter 15, but in verse 15, but she was saved by faith long before that. She'd heard about the greatness of uh, the work that God had done with Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. And she knew that and she believed. And when the spies showed up, she was exercising in her life things that she had already believed long before. You will be justified by works when you begin to deny the flesh and walk in the Spirit. But you're not saved by works. You're saved by faith. Don't let people tell you, well, you know, that's the biggest thing. I've always kind of, I think it's funny when a soul winner comes up to me. Pastor, yeah, I've got a question. I always, let me guess. Somebody, somebody told you about James chapter 2. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it says this by words. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Study to show thyself approved. We understand that. And we'll teach you about it. But you need to understand this. Don't let somebody say, well, James 2 says her work by faith. She was, she was justified by faith when she let the spies out. She believed in God long before that. It all comes back to this word. Faith. Faith. You need to understand that God wants to do great things through you. I believe that. I really do. I don't only believe that God wants to do great things through you. I believe that God wants to do great things collectively through us. But we need to understand that sometimes we won't have all the details. Sometimes we just got to do it because God said to do it. And sometimes we'll never understand. We may have to get to heaven and ask, now listen God, I know you said about this, but I have a question. (laughs) We're not always going to understand everything that God asks us to do. But you do it by faith. You don't complain. When you see a wall, you say, God, 
I'm going to need you to do it. Because here's what you need to understand. And we're, we're, I want to wrap it up with this idea. You need to understand this. If you and I had it our way, there would never be a bump in the road. If you and I had it our way, there would never be a wall. There would never be a barrier. No one would ever resist us. We could conquer every city. We could conquer every battle. And it goes smoothly and easily. But here's what you need to understand. If you and I had it our way, God would never get the glory. See, God purposely puts walls in our lives. God knew exactly where the Red Sea was when He brought the children of Israel to the Red Sea. God knew exactly that Pharaoh and his army were following after the children of Israel to kill them when he backed them up to the Red Sea. When they got to the Red Sea, God had them exactly where he wanted them. Because when God parted the Red Sea, only God could get the glory for that. God could have took the children of Israel to a city that had no walls. But when Joshua, and and I'm sorry, I closed my Bible and I give you a... a, a, subliminal message there that the sermon was done. But go to Joshua real quickly. Chapter 6. Let me just show you this. Let me just show you this. And we're done. When Joshua took over the city of Jericho, you know that nobody said, wow, that Joshua, he's a great military leader. Nobody said, man, that Joshua, he could really organize and strategize. And wow, that was a great uh, military plan he had. Nobody said that. All people could say was, look what God did. And in your life, God wants that. See, I do believe that God wants to give you success. I do believe that God wants to prosper you. I do believe that God wants to do a great work through you. But He wants there to be barriers so that you can't take the glory for it. So that at the end of your life, people will say, Look what God did through your life. You understand that? That's why He does it. Look look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. We're done. So the Lord was with Joshua. And His fame noised throughout all the country. Why did his fame noise throughout the country? People take over cities all the time, especially in this era. There were fights all the time, especially in this era. But there weren't a lot of walls just crumbling. There weren't a lot of Jordan rivers just being stopped as a heap so people could cross. God wants barriers. Because then He can be glorified in your life. So when you see a barrier, don't think, oh, why is this so hard? Just think, this is something God wants me to overcome so that He can have the glory. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, so much. Thank you for our church. Lord, thank you for those who would come to church on a Sunday night. I don't believe anybody would come to church on a Sunday night unless they really love God. And I believe if they're here, it's because they want to be used of God. But if we're going to be used of God, we need to understand that sometimes we need to just obey. We need to not complain. We need to give God the glory and have faith in God that the walls will come down. And we need to trust God that when our world is crumbling around us, He can keep us safe. Father, we love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen.